Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. Every person has a story, and some parts of those stories feel too hard to tell. You are listening to If You Only Knew, a mini-series brought to you by the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. On today's show, my friend Allie Worthington joins me and opens up about a time in her life when her family lost everything, when her youngest son, out of her five kids that she has, was only five weeks old. My hope for you, friends, as you listen to this, is that you're not just going to hear Allie's story and journey through bankruptcy and losing everything, but that you're going to listen to her share about how God met her right where she was and allowed her to let those into her story eventually. She talks about sharing her story online first and not letting those feelings of shame overwhelm her. You're going to be encouraged through Allie's journey. Before we start this show, I want to tell you about one of my favorite things in the world, and that is summer camp. You know, I know it's February, but summer is right around the corner, and it's a great time to start thinking about summer activities for your kids. If you're looking for a fun, safe, and Christ-centered camp to send your kids to this summer, let me tell you about Pine Cove. Summer camp at Pine Cove is the perfect place for your kids to unplug from technology, grow in their relationship with God, and spend time having fun in the great outdoors. Our family personally has loved Pine Cove for years, and my kids are going there again this summer. And there is a location right here in Central Texas that we go to. They've got camps for second through 12th graders, and the high school camp is brand new this year, you guys. So you know my son is excited to go to that. Your kids will have a blast riding horses, going down the zip line, and staying cool in the giant pools. Plus, they're going to spend the week with excellent and intentional counselors who my kids always love. Pine Cove always prioritizes being super safe. And as a mama, I love that. Parents get to see daily pictures of their kids on the Pine Cove's awesome app and can even write letters back and forth to their camper during the week on the app. You guys, I know it's crazy, but spots are actually going to fill up fast. So check out pinecove.com to sign up today. Okay, my friends, here is my conversation with Allie Worthington. Hey, Allie, what is your if you only knew? So my if you only knew is, is rather huge. When the youngest of my five boys was born, we were in the middle of my husband being out of work. So he ran hospital laboratories. He would go in and turn them around. It was always a two or three year job. Well, his job had finished up and we were waiting for the next job to come up and the next job just didn't come. And they normally we, did just come. They always, Yeah, they yeah. always came. And this is at the beginning of the economic downturn. Mm-hmm. So we had a house up for sale. It was not selling. We thought there was going to be a short sale. It ended up going into foreclosure we ended up um, having to to move out. We ha- had nowhere to live. We were homeless and filing bankruptcy with four boys plus a five-week-old baby. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was horrible. We ended up staying with my grandfather in East Tennessee while Mark was interviewing for other jobs, but we literally lost everything. We had two little storage pods that we filled up with our most, I get a little emotional thinking about it, our most precious possessions, you know, the 
the expensive decorations, those didn't come with us, but mm. like the the glider rocker that I rocked all my babies in, we kept that. Mm. So and I still I still love that rocker. So that was that was my story. And in the middle of it, I felt so, so ashamed, embarrassed. Um, I didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody in our little community that we were leaving. Like we just, we were so embarrassed. We just left. Mm. So did any of your friends know that you were struggling with this? Oh yeah. I mean, they knew, but there was something, I mean, my close friends, but even our neighbors in the community, we didn't tell Mm. because it was just too embarrassing. Luckily, my husband did finally get another job and we got to stay in the Nashville area and we started to rebuild. But instead of letting all those feelings of shame and failure overwhelm me and kind of eat away at me, I started sharing my story. Um, It's funny. I started sharing my story online Mm -hmm. before I started sharing it in real life with people around me. Did you feel safer there? (laughs) I did. There's something about sharing your deepest, darkest secrets with strangers on the internet that's easier than the person (laughs) sitting across the table. I don't know why. Um, but, But when I after I kind of announced everything to the world, I didn't let the the shame of everything overwhelm me and I was able to own it. So go, go back a little bit. Like when you're, yeah. you're walking through this, what were you thinking people were going to think about you? Well, I mean, that we were irresponsible, uh-huh. that we were failures. I mean, one of our deepest fears, I think, is of all people, but for us, especially in that season, is that we were frauds, mm. you know, that, we looked like we had our lives together, but all of a sudden, everything's gone. A sudden, everything's gone. Everything's fallen apart. All the things that that um, we as adults fall into the trap of believing give us security. They just they they were gone in an instant. Now, how long ago was this? Because how long? How old is your youngest son? My youngest son is nine. So this was ten, almost ten years ago. Yeah, ten years removed from it. What does it feel like? Um, okay. This sounds crazy to say, but I believe that losing everything ended up being one of the best things for us, for my husband and I in the long run. So after bankruptcy, I dedicated myself to learning everything I could about how to start a business. I wanted to be able to, to help provide for the family. I didn't want us to ever be in a position where no matter what happened, that we could lose everything again. So I had, when I started, I had $42. I had an old laptop with broken keys, like literally some letters weren't there. And I would stay up late at night once we got in a home again. And I would, you know, nurse the baby with one arm and I'd be Googling with the other arm. And, you know, my belief is that with God and Google, like we can do anything. (laughs) We need to put that on. That's just bumper sticker right there. For real. With God and Google, we can take over the world. And And now, 10 years removed from that, I'm a business coach and I can help others start and grow their business. But it's only because God has been so gracious and allowed my story to come full circle Mm. that I can I can help people and I can do what I'm called to do only because I didn't let the enemy come in from the side and kind of overwhelm me with with shame and feelings of failure. And Mm. that only came from sharing my story. You know what I think is funny, not funny at all, but what I think is just ironic is that for your particular story and whatever anyone else's story might be in the moment when you're in it, when you're living it, when you're filling up those storage bins, when you're crying over saving the rocker, when all of those things are happen happening, the furthest thing from your brain is that one day God would use this to do amazing things. 
Oh, absolutely. Because the only thing you're thinking at the time is, how am I going to survive mm-hmm. this? There's literally, at the time, it feels like there's no way out. Mm-hmm. Did you ever struggle with feeling as though, where are you, God? No, I. that's not a feeling that I ever deal with. I mostly get angry with God mm-hmm. that he's not fixing it. Okay. So like, I, I always know he's there, but then I get really mad at him that he he isn't just snapping his magic fingers and making everything mm-hmm. better, right? Yeah. That, that's, that's for me, I think that's my struggle. Yeah. I, I don't go through things patiently and go, thy will be done. I cry and I yell and I say, well, can you please just get me out of this mess? Right. And then, you know, 10 years later, you look back and go, there was purpose in the mess. Oh, so much purpose. And, and for Mark and I, for my husband and I, we had gone through years where, you know, he was, he was making a lot of money. We had a big house and we had put our trust in that. Mm. We had lots of debt, yeah. obviously, which came cra- crashing down. Uh-huh. And for us, we had, it was our lesson in the long run to go, Lord, whatever you want to do with us, we'll do. We, we obviously need adult supervision. <laughs> <laughs> when we were staying at my grandfather's house, I remember we were sleeping in what used to be my great grandmother's bed and and we were laying in bed one night and, and I used to beg Mark to let me sell our wedding, my wedding ring. Mm. And he would say, please, you know, just let's, let's not let it come to that. And, um, we laid in bed one night and holding hands and, and prayed. And we said, Lord, we, we've messed everything up. Please just walk us on this journey of what we need to do next, because we, we need adult supervision. We need you. We can't do it on our own. And, and that was this moment in our lives where everything changed, mm. where we, we humbled ourselves and focused on what he wanted for us and not just selfishly what we wanted for ourselves. Mm. You know, Ali, as I'm listening to you talk, one thing that is pretty, I think, incredible and evident right now is it doesn't sound like you and Mark were on separate pages. Um, and I know a lot of times money issues can really, really, really come in between a couple in a marriage. Am I here? Am I understanding you right? Yeah. In fact, sometimes Mark and I look at each other through the years and go, were we nicer to each other when we were broke? <laughs> like, like, I think it was just such a time of, of, um, of difficulty mm-hmm. that we were extra good with each other. Mm. Like sometimes, sometimes we'll snap at each other over, you know, who leaves the dirty dishes out on the counter. But when, when your whole life is in crisis, it makes you focus in on what's important and it doesn't matter if someone left a dirty dish right, on the couch. Right, um, And for us, I made the decision when we were going through those, those terrible difficulties to be as good and supportive to him as I could be because I knew um, for a man going through financial difficulties in a family, he, uh, he was already so tender mm. that it would have just broken his heart if I had... Yeah. If I had, you know, given him pushback. Uh-huh. So I, I made the conscious decision to just, to just be loving and helpful and encouraging in that, in that part. And I called my mom when I wanted to vent. Uh-huh. You know, I think that's interesting that you said you made that conscious decision, because I think that is where the tension comes in is it doesn't mean you weren't having some feelings of, oh my gosh, like, what are we going to do? It just means you filtered them through how you mm-hmm. spoke to your husband about them. And that is, that's very mature in a situation like that. Yeah, it's just, uh, I think that sometimes we, because our husbands are so, you know, they're 
they're our guys. Mm-hmm. They're our knight in shining armor that when things fall apart, we forget how tender they are in those moments. Mm. And he needed you. He did. Yeah. And you needed him. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, I just, I've never, I've, I knew a little bit of this story from when you wrote about it in your book, uh, Breaking Busy, but I didn't know the tenderness between you and Mark. And I kind of love it, Allie. It's like <laughs> make, giving me all the like love feelings today. <laughs> oh, and it's funny because he's, he's so private. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't believe in social media. It's adorable. And, <laughs> and when I was writing Breaking Busy, he said, you're not going to tell everybody all of our private stories, are you? And I said, well, I, I wanted to tell people about the bankruptcy and homelessness. And he was like, oh, that's fine. Just not, you know, real <laughs> private stuff. And I thought, I don't, I don't know what else is real private, but okay. Mark's got yeah. something up his sleeve that he didn't want you to talk about. Apparently not. That's I don't, true. I guess, like our private conversations are, are off the table. And but that is really homelessness, good. Let's go for let's it. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Um, <laughs> now, tell me this, because I know that there are no doubt people listening who are either in your same situation, have been there. Or it could be, frankly, around the corner for some people. Speaking of just, you know, financial strain, what is your encouragement for a woman listening that this might be part of her story as well? Um, Financial strain is is so key because so many people go through it all the time. Mm -hmm. And my encouragement is that there, there is always something around the corner. When when it looks dark, when you see the storm clouds coming over the horizon and you don't know how you're going to pay the bills, that two things are really key. One is that you pray about it. God provides manna in the midst of famine after famine after famine. Mm-hmm. And two, if you are at all interested in learning how that you can help support the family in a different way, if you're employed full time and you have the idea for kind of a side business, go for it. There are There are doors of opportunity that are open for women this time in history right now that that our great grandmothers and grandmothers and mothers never dreamed of thanks to the Internet Mm -hmm. that we can learn anything we want to learn. We can do anything we want to do because we we have all the world's information at our fingertips. So definitely pray get God on it, get that peace, ask him to provide manna in the desert. And then if you have that that kind of dream inside of you to do other things, I want to encourage you to go for it. I mean, you had $42. $42 at a broken laptop. I used to have to press certain keys four times to get them to, to actually like type on the screen. <laughs> I'm glad you have a new <laughs> laptop now and you've written, I do. you've written books since then on new laptops. So super, super exciting. Well, Allie, I really appreciate your vulnerability. And I know that talking about money can just be a really hard thing. And so I'm proud of you for talking about it. So it makes people feel not so alone. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Money is one of those things that we unfortunately tie to our self-worth and money's just money. It comes and goes. We are who we are because we're, we're daughters of God. How did you remember that 10 years ago? I'm curious about that. That's a great question. I don't know. I think things for me in that season were so hard. I wasn't doing a lot of thinking about it. Okay. Like I had, I had four boys to kind of pretend like, Hey, we're going on vacation to granddaddy's house. Right. (laughs) Right. Like like I just, I just had to hustle. Mm. But did you, but was, was there someone speaking that to you? Were you telling yourself, were you in the word how, or were you not remembering that your identity was not tied to that? I don't think I had any idea at the time. At the okay. time, it was just horrible and terrible. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm 10 years removed now. So now I can say, oh, here are my amazing lessons. Yeah. But at the time, I was just barely keeping my head above water. Yeah. Mm. 
Well, I always say that when those times hit, it's where the foundation matters, you know, and Absolutely. that means, you know, believing those things to be true so that when the storm comes and it's going to be really, really hard and those things may get blurry, but they're still going to be there. And so I know they were there for you, Allie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and you guys, if you haven't already gotten it, get our book, Fierce Faith, that came out a couple weeks ago. So yay. Thanks for listening to this story. I believe that stories change the world. I believe that they tear down walls, open gates of conversation, and allow us to experience freedom in a new way. Your story matters. And I pray that you will have the courage to share your story with a close friend, just like my guest shared with me today. In my newest book, If You Only Knew, I go first. I go first and I share my story with you. You can find more information at ifyouonlyknewbook.net. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.